Hi, I'm Amy Donaldson. And I'm Jason Lee. Listen to our free podcast, Voices of Reason, unless you enjoy screaming matches. Nope, you're not going to hear that with us. You'll hear folks who may disagree, but seek to understand different views. That's Voices of Reason on the KSL Radio app or wherever you find interesting podcasts. 7-Eleven has more drinks than times you've been caught singing in your car and random lyrics stored in your brain combined. Choose from flavor-filled Slurpee and Big Gulp drinks, crisp coconut water, energizing cold brew and hot coffee, fresh organic cold-pressed juices, invigorating energy drinks, cooling pure-leaf iced tea, refreshing Arrowhead 100% natural still and sparkling mountain spring water, plus many more, only at participating 7-Eleven stores. Welcome to Ideation Collective. This is part two of our episode with David Covey. I think a lot of times, you know, we talk about this in the career trap. You know, we're whole people. You know, you don't go work to, for a company just because you get paid fairly. That's just one of four aspects. You know, it's your body. It's, it's taking care of your body. It's the financials. You know, you got to have your mind utilized. And you got to have your heart engaged, which is the passion. And you got to have your spirit this is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode 6. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let them become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper. But uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all. So I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, Probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, So totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website bookly.co and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. So David, um, we've been talking about a number of, of things. Uh, one thing I, we'd love to do when we have authors on the show is talk about the process. You know, there's so many people that feel like they have a book inside them and they can feel overwhelmed when they feel like there's only one way to write a book. And I, uh, you know, they heard, oh, this is how so-and-so did it. And I don't know if I could do it that way. We find that hearing how multiple people have done it helps people identify, you know, some element that maybe they're interested in. What's the process like for you? Yeah, so uh, like I said, when we first started writing this, uh, we wrote it like a regular self-help. And I don't think the world needs another, you know, I think there's like 12,000 self-help. I think there's like 12,000 self-help books that come out a year. Uh, So we started to uh, resonate with... Uh, the idea of telling a story, okay? And one of the books, one of my uh, favorite books that has just come out, uh, I got the advanced reader copy, and the book has just come out. It's called Building a Story Brand, and it's by Donald Miller. Uh, He's out of Nashville, Tennessee. And he talks about this concept of helping companies, you know, clarify their message. You know, if you look at websites nowadays, it's very complicated. It's very confusing, and people need to be more clear, right, in terms of their website messaging. But the whole idea around uh, the story brand was, you know, you you learn through, and this is how great movies are made and so forth, is you learn through a story, right? And a story follows a certain pattern. So in this uh, Trap Tales book, we followed that same pattern. 
and that is Alex, who's you know who's the main character, who's having these problems. You know, he's falling into traps, and uh, and that's 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 part two of story, Brand, and uh, and he meets his guide, and his guide is Victoria, who his uh, his uh, high school friend's mother, uh, and when when he's on vacation in uh, in Hawaii. And his guide helps him and gives him a plan on how to fall fall out of the traps that he's fallen into. So that's the plan. That's either going to result in success, you know, if he can successfully change, or it's going to result in failure, right? And uh, and if you look at, you know, any of the movies, you know, like Star Wars, you know, you have Luke, you know, and he's got to save the Empire. And, you know, Darth Vader's going to try to bring it down and... And Yoda and, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, is his guide and he's going to help him. He's going to give him a plan, you know, that's going to result in, you know, the Empire uh, being crushed and, you know, or the rebellion being crushed, you know. I mean, it's going to either have great success or failure. And all great movies and great stories follow that same framework. So I started to love this. I hated it at first. When I started writing a story, I was not very subtle. Uh, You know, know, stuff like, well, how are things going you know, Alex, oh, they're going great, Victoria. I sure love you. You know, you're awesome. You know, and it's just like <laughs> and I, had to, <clears throat> I had to learn how to bring conflict in the story and intrigue in the story. And I had to be more subtle and not reveal everything up front. So I started to love writing this story. And I started to get into the characters. You know, there's one character in the book named Chaz. And Chaz is Alex's uh, co-worker. And he's c- trying to keep Chaz in the same place. You know, and I'm sure we have a lot of people that are like that in our life, you know, that are, you know, trying to keep us from changing on the things that we need to change. And one of the insights in the book uh, that I think you resonated with, Jess, is this idea around the change trap. And and it's either you change uh, because your conscience is telling you or you change because your circumstances force you to. So it's either the force of conscience or the force of circumstance and unfortunately most of us and Alex in this book you know was in that point where he wasn't going to change until his you know circumstances required him to and he had to deal with uh, some crises in his life and that's what it's like for most people is they don't change courageously when their conscience dictates they change when their circumstances force them to change and and it's so hard And, and when you think about all of us know what we need to do. It's not a matter of not knowing what to do or not knowing what to change or improve. It's a matter of acting. It's a matter of actually following through on it. And that's, that's, that takes a lot of courage, okay? And habits, old habits die hard, and they're, you know, it's hard to change your lifestyle and the way that you've been. It's easier for you to wait for other people to change. And, and in fact, in the relationship trap, this, you know, we're talking about like a, a marriage relationship. That's one of the things that we say is that, you know, if you're waiting for your spouse to change, you're going to be in for a long, long wait, right? But if you're the first one to change and you're willing to, you know, make improvements in your marriage or in your relationship, then it's amazing. The other person is forced to deal with that. You know, it's just like, okay, well, I guess I'll... Uh, you know, first of all, they question your intent. You know, is this, you know, is this real? You know, and how long is this going to last? And and uh, and then after a while, they start to see you in a new light, and they're forced to change, right? Uh, and improve because of the goodness, you know, that that you've exhibited. Well, it, it is, yeah. 
I, I've seen that so much of the like being willing to make the hard right choice yep. when the easy wrong one is is right there yep. is such a invitation for the other humans observing it to consider the same thing. And, you know, um, taking a bit of a right turn, one of the things that we'd like to ask a lot of our guests is, um, you know, for people who have been had a business model going a certain way for some time, you know, the show's called Innovation and Leadership. What if we need to innovate our own business models, right? So uh, our listeners know we've got a charity called Child Rescue trying to prevent child trafficking. We built a aftercare facility in Cusco, Peru, and we uh, have a high school program, prevention program here in the States, and we pay for law enforcement training, stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, and so if you were our marketing advisor say, and we're saying, hey, David, if you, what would you do if you were us to get more people to care about this cause? What, what kind of ideas would you have for us? It's, it's a great question. Uh, I think that you got to do something that uh, is uniquely suited to your, you know, to your talents, to your passion, you know, to, uh, to your vision of what you'd like to see. And um, I think a lot of times, you know, we talk about this in the career trap. You know, we're whole people. You know, you don't go work to, for a company just because you get paid fairly. That's just one of four aspects. You know, it's your body. It's, it's taking care of your body. It's the financials. You know, you got to have your mind utilized, and you got to have your heart engaged, which is the passion, and you got to have your spirit, you know, uh, engaged as well. That's where you're making a contribution. You know, you're making a difference. And so I think that a lot of times people are copycats, and they don't do something that's uniquely fits their bill. I love what J.J. Watt has done, uh, the Houston Texans, you know, in raising money. Uh, for the hurricanes in uh, in Houston, and and he just did that on his own, and I think uh, I think. And for everybody guy, that's not familiar, can you describe that? Yeah, I I don't remember the name, but I know that he was just saying, "Hey, we need to do something for the uh, my community that I live in in Houston, Texas," and he started to you know he made a big donation himself, and then he started to get others to make a huge donation, and before you know it, uh. I think it was like $35 million. He raised like $35 million in a matter of like a couple of weeks, two or three weeks. It was just incredible. So I, I love that because that was just something where he could make an impact and make a difference and uh, and make a contribution. And there again, that principle of going first too. Yeah. Right? So, I, so I think there is, you know, it's it's the, the idea that the first person through the wall is all a little bit, a little bit bloodied. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm in the training industry. And this is kind of a dinosaur industry, to be honest. Well, actually, I want to I talk about this. Yeah. So I love the advice for Child Rescue of, I feel like what you're saying is, don't be a copycat. Figure out the aspect of it that's unique for you and that you're passionate about. That's is it. That, yeah. So and I, I really want to talk about this. We've got a consulting firm called Mylan Advisors, where we have these special ops guys and FBI hostage negotiators go go do corporate training, right? Yeah. And, you know, from a two-day two day seminar and fill-in-the-handbook world to everybody's got a device nowadays and uh you know just all sorts of things about society are changing the way people want to learn um you have this 20-year insider's view from one of the biggest training companies that's uh, at least one of the most well-known in the history of the u.s right yep, yep. as you look at the next handful of years what do you what do you think all the training companies out there need to be thinking about well the baby boomers are retiring i, I don't know what it is like ten thousand a day or something like that it's a huge number so, and, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. No one cares about the Gen Xers, but the millennials, <laughs> <laughs> but the millennials, uh, you know, are not going to do training in the way that 
the baby boomers uh, have done it. And so I'm ha- we're having to reinvent ourselves. You know, so I came from this world of Franklin Covey, uh, which is instructor-led training, and the rest of the training world is really instructor-led training. And, and that world is, you know, there's, that's still going to be important. People still want to get training through an instructor. But there's so many other options now. You know, people want online, and, you know, they want shorter, and they want faster and quicker. You know, so, we're, so we actually have another company called Wisdom Destinations, and it's micro-learning. It's audio micro-learning. Uh, and we we have these in uh, thirty minute segments on different topics, and so and it's very unique topics, you know that you wouldn't find anywhere out in the marketplace. So like there's one topic on forgiveness, uh, and how that needs to be a big part of our life, not only in our work life but our family and personal life. Uh, and so people are going to get training in much different ways, and we got to be able to be innovative and creative on how we bring it. So. So, like with trap tails, you know, I could just go the traditional route. We, uh, Stefan and I, and we could create just a training course, but we don't want to do that. You know, we want to be innovative and we want to be unique and different and bring it to the world in in a different way. That's why maybe having a game, or uh, we're thinking about doing a show, you know, like a movie, you know, on on trap tails or a series, you know. Uh, and there's just a lot of different ways in which people can access. Uh, uh, you know, content and, and information than, than what we, than, than what's, you know, been part of the, you know, the traditional uh, past, which is just instructor-led training and so forth. So I say it's the dinosaur industry just because a lot of the training firms are slow to adapt and adjust. And I, and I think those are the ones that don't, uh, you know, don't adjust and adapt, you know, they're going to find themselves either less relevant or are out of business. Our sponsor for this episode of Innovation and Leadership is Skillshare. If you're not familiar with them, they're an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes on business and marketing and entrepreneurship and technology and, and lots of other classes too. Illustration, think other things I'm interested in. Um, they've given us a special offer where for the listeners of our show, you can get two months for just 99 cents where you can see all these 18,000 classes, unlimited access. It's uh, Skillshare.com slash leader. And I think what I like about them most is their high-quality classes that are from high-credibility instructors, you know, content marketing right from Contently. Or the one I took was uh, last was email marketing right from MailChimp, where you know, these are folks who are obviously seeing millions of other people's email marketing campaigns go out. So they, they really are kind of a high-credibility source of information. So again, it's Skillshare.com slash leader. 99 cents for com- complete access to all their courses for the next two months. Uh, one last time, skillshare.com slash L-E-A-D-E-R. Thanks. Well, you know, again, we both have a lot of friends in a number of these other companies out there, right? And you look at, what is it, $130 billion a year industry, right? Yep. And I, I mean, for me, I just hear like Clayton Christensen's words ringing in my ears of, hey, they don't want to they don't want to sacrifice the current dollars to invent the new system, right? Because, yep. man, at you know, a couple hundred bucks a handbook, do you mean there's a lot of money to be made there? And if we're going from, you know, 100 to 300 bucks per participant to, you know, 12 bucks for the online access. That's right. And, yep. you know, like there's, there's a, I think in some ways, a legitimate concern of cannibalization, yep. right? But then there is the issue of by not addressing it, 
like back to your like circumstance or conscience. Yeah. <laughs> this may not be a conscience thing. No, it's just, but, but you got to reinvent point, yourself or you're going to die. At yep. some point, yep. somebody, if you don't reinvent yourself, yep. somebody's going to reinvent for you. That's right. Right? Yep. Except that the money's going to start going to their company instead. That's right. And then you have limited options and choices. Because now you're point. the copycat yeah. and you're playing catch up, right? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Um, so I, I don't know what the, yeah. I don't know what it is going to be. I mean, I, I personally believe that th- the person that figure it, figures out the iTunes for training, you know, and I don't think it's going to be Apple because I don't I don't think they care enough about the training industry to <laughs> want to disrupt it. But someone could disrupt it if they could create the iTunes for training. So could you imagine if you could go online and get awesome first class? you know, relevant training on any topic that you wanted in 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you know, for a very low cost. And that was superior to anything else out there. I mean, that something like that, I think, uh, would disrupt the whole, the whole industry. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it may be just a series of companies that are doing that, you know, and you're either kind of part of that or not part of that. Uh, I don't know if one big company would do that, but yeah, I want to ask you about this. So we we named our company Myelin, about you know the stuff that wraps around the neurons in your brain. Okay, when you do enough meaningful repetition, so electrical impulses can go faster. Day. Yep. So we hired these. So we got some pro athletes, and I told you about the spec ops guy and the FBI guy, right? Guys who have done something repeatedly to get to an uncommon skill set at it. Yep. So to me. I love micro learning. You know, I, I was learning Spanish, well, relearning Spanish on Duolingo. Yep. Like literally just in three minutes in the restroom. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You get through it. two little things yep. quick, right? Yep. And um, so I love that aspect of it. But for me, I do look at like literally our consultants who are actually world-class, not like hyperbole, yep. like actual yep. world-class, what, world-class what they do. And there is like the sustained effort of meaningful repetitions right yes and so i'm i'm interested if you have any insight of anybody who is doing the digital or the micro learning but but has got whether it's a game or some sort of mechanism to help people do those small things enough times that there that there's legitimate skill building rather than just awareness of what i should do i mean there's a lot of companies i admire you know i mean lynda.com i think that they're trying that you know and you had uh or was it LinkedIn that bought you know Linda dot com? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that is to me is is not uh, best in class training. You know, I love Linda. I learned how to yeah. edit video off. I Premier, think it's good right? for a lot of technical stuff. For but for a lot of the soft skills stuff, I don't think it's best in class training. You know, so that that's the problem is that you can go to Linda for a lot of different things, but are you going to get the best in class training for particular soft skill topics? No, uh, you're not. Uh, Mind Gym. I don't know if you've heard of Mind no. Gym. It's a it's a company out of the UK, and they've done some amazing things uh, with uh, micro learning. And and, and uh, you know, I, I put in a, a shameless plug for Wisdom Destinations. Yeah, it's yeah. not even launched yet, but yeah. we're going to be launching. What's, in, what's uh, the website going to be? Uh, uh, WisdomDestinations.com. Okay. Uh-huh. But uh, and and then this has really been my partner's you know brainchild. He's you know he spent so much time on it, but I I think that. You know, offerings like that uh, is is kind of where the wave of the future is going. So it's uh, people just want it. They they you know they don't want the fluff anymore. You know, so that's why when you hear when people have like three days or five days, it's like, are you kidding? You know, and I think that about books as well. I I get frustrated when I see a book. You know, that 
it's 400 pages, you know, that's talking about a certain concept. And it's like, really? Could you not reduce it to 150 pages yeah, or 200 pages? Kind of Give like me the... the essence, you know? I don't need to know, you know, all of these things. And some of these books, honestly, should be like an article, you know? <laughs> of a 20-page article, I could, I could learn, you know, about the, you know, the essence of it. So we, we, are, we are at that point now where there's not the patience anymore, both individuals and companies. They want what they want now, and they want it, and they want the best in class, and they want it at the lowest price. And so that's where it's going. It's going. It's going to micro learning. One of the things that I think that my former company has done really well, Franklin Covey, is they have a lot of digital training, which I, which I think is great. And you know, so they're giving you know clients the option to to buy you know the Franklin Covey content digitally. Uh, you know, one one thing along the side, I'd love for you to weigh in on because I understand you guys do so these. These great training companies here that need to figure out how to go international, that's who a lot of your clients are at SMCOV. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Um, I'd be interested in if you agree with my observation. It feels a little bit like there's been a, an industry largely built around you know, the seminar and handbook business yep. as a generalization. right? Yep. Yep. To me, it feels like that is on its way out, and it's almost like a polarization where there's tons of people willing to go for the short, quick – and then there's the people who want mastery who are willing to pay more and more for one-on-one individualized consulting. Yep. Do, you, do, you feel, do you observe that? Do you see the same thing or not as much? Uh, no, I think you're exactly right. It's a trend, and it's, it's a melting iceberg, right? So those that are in this instructor-led training, which is most of the training companies, they know they're on a melting iceberg. You know? They're just trying to figure out, you know, what do I do? You know, this is my main business. So it's kind of like what Kimberly Clark did. Uh, Charles uh, Darwin, you know, was the I want to say Charles Darwin. That's <laughs> not Charles Darwin, but whatever his first name was, when he sold the Kimberly Clark plants. You know, Kimberly Clark makes Kleenex and Huggies, and I, I worked for Procter and Gamble, so I I, I know so Kimberly Clark really well. Uh, but when uh, Darwin, the CEO, sold the the mills, that was like burning the ships, right? So I think that. Uh, did they talk about that in Good to Great? Yeah, they talked about that in Good to Great. Yeah, yeah Jim Collins. But uh, that's like a bold. Exactly. That's you know, and that's what, and that's what kind of the boldness that people need to, to take. They, you know, they need to say, you know what, we're gonna we're, we see the trends going this way, and we're gonna invest our money and our time and our energy and our people in where this trend is going. Yeah. And yeah, and and that 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 takes a lot of courage to do that. Uh, and and. But I don't think uh, that any one company is going to do it. I, th- I think it's going to be a, a variety of different companies. Yeah. You know, unless someone like Amazon or Apple decide that <laughs> yeah. they want to disrupt the industry. I, I mean, I look at Steve Jobs, you know, as the major disruptor, right? He disrupted like seven industries. Steve Jobs still would have been around, you know. I'm sure he would have been on his like 15th industry that he's disrupted. And uh, I, I heard it was, it was uh, I read I, Walter Isaacson's book, you know, on Steve Jobs and and I heard that he was thinking about, you know, disrupting the textbook industry, you know, the college te- textbooks. And that's kind of somewhat in the in the training space. But I would be, you know, I, I would have been fascinated to see what uh, see what kind of disruption he had planned there. Yeah. Well, listen, I know we're winding down here. And obviously, everybody listening should go to traptails.com and get a copy of the book or Amazon or go to uh, com and check you guys out. Um I feel like what you're saying, though, actually relates back to this kind of the theme for part two here about this, you know, letting your circumstances force your choices or 
paying attention to Jiminy Cricket up front. Yep. Um, but I also feel like one of the things you talk about in the book uh, is important here for anybody listening who is, whether they're innovating inside a big company or whether they're the founder, CEO, or whatever, right, is um, you can't be anybody else's Jiminy Cricket very effectively. I, I really yeah. loved when you guys said that of, you know, we need to go first and lead by example yeah. because trying to change somebody else and being their Jiminy Cricket of what they should do or telling our boss how our boss needs to change That's right. or like just how unlikely that is to produce results. Any closing thoughts on that? Yes. So uh, a lot of people would ask my father about which habit is most important, you know, from his perspective. And he would always say habit two. And habit two is begin with the end in mind. And it's the idea of vision. You know, it's, it's the vision and direction and where you're going. And vision is more important than baggage. It's more important than the past. We've got to learn to live out of our imagination and not our history. Okay? And I think that a lot of people have not given themselves uh, a chance to forget their past, uh, forget their mistakes, you know, move on from their mistakes or learn from their mistakes and start living the life that they want to live. And I think that they're afraid to, you know, they're just, they, they just don't feel confident enough or they don't feel like uh, they're going to be successful. And we got to learn that life is about a series of making mistakes and failures. And with every failure, we become better and better and stronger. And so we got to reframe how we think about mistakes, you know. I mean, think about Edison and creating the, the light bulb. I mean, it's a thousand iterations. Uh, there's another book I love. It's called Black Box Thinking uh, and, uh, by, uh, uh, by Matthew Syed. And, and he basically says we need to have the thinking of the aviation industry. You know, when they have an, a, a crash, you know, they have this black box that has the cockpit uh, recording, you know. And they learn about it. And traveling, you know, like I do, I travel like 250,000 miles a year. Very, very safe. Why? Because the aviation industry you know, is, 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 uh, learns from their mistakes, okay? Whereas if you look at the healthcare industry, you know, the l- number three leading cause of death is... Uh, Sweep it under the rug a lot. Yeah, right? another, another, number three cause of death is hospital mistakes after heart disease and cancer. And you, can you believe that? And there's not learning in that industry. You know, it's, it's to cover it up, to hide, you know. Type from the lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. And, and and there isn't this interdependence, you know, how can we learn and so forth. They, they want to make it an anomaly or a one-off. So it's the idea that uh, we, we need to look at mistakes as part of the process, give our chance, forgive ourselves, okay? Perfectionists out there, guys, <laughs> you're going to have a hard life being a perfectionist, you know, in the world that we live in now. And you got to just try stuff, and you got to be willing to take some risks. It's scary, and, 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 you know, there's one thing about, you know, reading stories about it and then another thing living it. I, you know, I heard all the stories about entrepreneurs and what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And that was one thing to read <laughs> about it. And now it's another thing to live. So I'm there with you guys. And, and, and I know what that's like. And it's scary. But it's also fun and exhilarating, you know, to be cu- kind of guiding the ship and, uh, and, and, and going on, a, on a, an adventure you know, of, of, of creating some new unique content and, 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 and new contributions, you know. And I think that everybody has a contribution to make uh, in their own life that's very unique to them. But they don't do it because they're stuck. They're either stuck in traps or they are stuck in their mindset and not allowing themselves to, you know, you know to break out. So I, I would just leave the closing message of, 
you know, vision is greater than baggage. You know, where we're headed is uh, very important. Live life in crescendo. That means that your greatest work is always ahead of you, not behind you. And think about uh, people like uh, uh, like my father, you know, like uh, Nelson Mandela, you know, like uh, Winston Churchill. They all had their greatest contributions later in life. You know, Abraham Lincoln, think look about how, how old, long it took him. Look at how old Colonel Sanders was when he started KFC, right? Yeah. Yeah, or even Ray Kroc. I mean, uh, the founder of movie, you can say what, you know, that Ray wasn't maybe the most ethical person. But he was 52, you know, when he started the, the, the whole franchising around McDonald's and building that great empire. So you're never too old, okay? So if, if you're young, learn from, the, you know, the wisdom that's out there. There's a lot of great wisdom. and follow it. And if you're older and you want to change, you can do it. It doesn't matter if you're 45 or 50 or 55 or 60 or 70. <laughs> you can make the changes now. That's awesome. Let's end there. I think that's a great place to close. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Jess. Well, that's it for the episode. One other thing I wanted to tell you about, if you'll remember the guys from Convoy uh, in episodes back, Ken Free and Trent Mano, I went on one of their CEO trips to New York, and I met a guy named Brent Thompson, very successful entrepreneur. He was former CEO of Jive Communications, big uh, company now, I think three or $400 million. Anyways, he, uh, he started a new company called BlipBillboards.com. I'm super stoked they're a sponsor now. But I remember a year and some ago when I met him, I thought it was genius. Instead of having to buy six months or a year's worth of billboard um, for thousands of dollars, you can buy eight seconds at a time for like 10 or 20 cents. You pick what billboard you want it on, what time of day you want it to run. And it just puts so much power in the hands of, of marketers and CEOs who want to try something and see if it works. You can buy as many or as few as you want, change it as many times as you want. Uh, I think now our podcast is being advertised on billboards in like 18 different states because we have these guys as sponsors. We're pretty excited about it. Hope you check out blipbillboards.com. Thanks. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for $2.99 subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara. Cold cut combo. Veggie delight. Or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just $2.99 each. Subway! Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.